Welcome to the Someone to Tell To podcast. Again, we are so grateful to have you join us here in season two. Today's guest is a special one, and we are so humbled that he even agreed to be on our podcast, and we know that you're going to really enjoy this episode. It's with Tom Ziegler, son of Zig Ziegler, and as CEO of Ziegler Inc., Tom Ziegler shares not only a last name with his father, Zig Ziegler, but he also carries on his philosophy, which is simply, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. With the Ziegler name, Tom has had a lot to live up to, but rather than try to fill his father's shoes, Tom has created some of his own. He is taking Ziegler Inc. into the world of social communities, Twitter, blogs, and live video webcasts to present the tried and true message of hope, integrity, and positive thinking to a whole new audience. He keeps Ziegler Inc. ahead of the times with his innovation and leadership. Well, hey, Tom. So good to meet you. This is Tom, and I'm here with Michael. Welcome to the Someone to Tell To podcast. Well, guys, I'm excited. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to our time. Yeah, just thinking about this. So we had just made a joke prior to to launching here about our names, and we, we believe there's a lot of significance to our names, and it just made me think, do you have any idea why you were named Tom? So there's two reasons. Uh... The my my grandfather and my uncle were named Thomas, um, and then my dad's father went passed away when dad was five, and and my full name is John Thomas Ziegler, and his name was John Anderson, and John Anderson was like my dad's surrogate father or mentor, so I was named after him, and. Um, but only when I'm called John Thomas, I think I'm in trouble. So don't don't call me John Thomas. <laughs> yes, we we promise not to call you that. Well, my name is Thomas as well, and so I I got the name actually from my my dad. His his uh his brother had passed when he was two years old, and so my dad uh, made it a priority to name me Thomas. Wow. Well, the John Anderson who I'm named after, um, he. Dad started working for him in the grocery store. I think dad was about nine years old and Mr. Anderson took dad under his, you know, kind of under his wing. And the interesting thing was, is before he was an entrepreneur and a business owner, he was an English teacher. And so dad grew up in Yazoo city, Mississippi in the heart of the great depression. And, um, dad didn't do well in school yet. His mentor was an English teacher and would correct dad's speech constantly. And so not that big a deal until you realize that that little boy became Zig Ziglar, maybe one of the most powerful speakers to ever take the stage. Yeah, yeah. how about that? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew at the time, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, that's a pretty neat story. So thanks. Thanks for sharing. It is. So we want to ask you, uh, th- th- this year, 2020, is still relatively new. We want to know what you would like to see happen in 2020 in your life and and in the world. And then what steps have you, you have already taken to make your hopes and dreams, your visions become a reality? So that's like, 
that's like a three hour show, uh, just right there. It's the only question we have, so uh, we'll go from there. We're just going to be quiet for the next hour. Uh, that's right. You know, so it's kind of cool because it's the beginning of a decade, you know, it's, it's a new year. Um, and of course everybody's saying, Hey, it's, it's, do you have a vision for 2020? Um, you know, it's just got that ring to it. At the end of 2019, I was really writing down, looking at all of our mission statements that we've had through the years, um, just kind of looking at where we've come, what's changed. You know, we, our business is in its fifth decade. Um, so it's a legacy business. And our original mission statement uh, was that dad wrote all those years ago was to be the difference maker in the personal family business and spiritual lives of enough people to make a positive difference in the world. And that's a, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? That's a big mission. <laughs> and yes, it is. But dad is the founder. I mean, it was originally called Zig Ziglar Corporation. We still have that company. Now we go by Ziglar Inc., uh, which is another company that we work hand in hand. But the people in the business have changed. You know, dad is no longer here. He passed away seven years ago. Uh, and I was rewriting our mission statement. And so our new mission statement, and it's not really new because it's the same thing, but it's just different people with different gifts and talents and skills carrying out is this, our mission is to encourage, transform, equip, and support you so that you can change the world through legacy building, coaching, speaking, and training. And so we've really focused in that our, our real purpose is to take other people who have the same kind of mission we do to change lives, right? To impact others, um, to equip, support, encourage, and transform those people so that they can change the world. So that's what we're focused on. And so we take all of those four things serious. You know, the world needs hope and encouragement now more than ever. Uh, people are looking for transformation. You know, every day we've got to grow. We've got to become more than what we were yesterday. Uh, we've got to renew our minds like uh, Romans 12, 2 says, you know, so we're always transforming. And then we've got all this experience, all, you know, all this research, all this data, all these thousands and tens of thousands of, of satisfied customers. So we know how to equip uh, to, and to allow somebody to go out and do something. And then when you go out and do it, you get knocked down, you know, you got questions, you've got challenges. And so we really like try to follow in with the support to be the, you know, the place where people can come back and ask questions. And so how do we do that? It's primarily through our main programs right now, which are our Ziegler legacy certification, where we certify people to speak and train on our material. And then our coaches who do the coaching one-on-one. -on -one. Um, the other piece of that is the legacy building. I've been extremely legacy focused for 10 years. And legacy is when you teach and transfer God's truth, wisdom, knowledge, and habits to those you love so that they can make good decisions that will ripple through eternity. 
another definition of legacy is preparing those you love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. And to me, that's a, that's a big one because we can't prevent the challenges from coming. We'd like to. So what do we do? We prepare, we prepare those we love and we kind of, we're into adoption at Ziegler and we'll, you know, once we meet you, we adopt you into the family. Um, so that means we love you. So we, we approach it with love. Uh, we set the highest standard and we, we go out with the deepest grace. Uh, and we try to prepare you so that when the challenges come, you look at it as a growth opportunity. It's not fun. You, you know, you wouldn't wish it on yourself, but the reality is when we grow through those challenges, God, God is able to use us even bigger than before. Um, so that's kind of the company view. My personal mission is to create the atmosphere that allows you to become the person that God created you to become. And so everywhere I go, whether I'm on a podcast or speaking, you know, at an event or teaching a class or meeting one-on-one -on -one with somebody or doing legacy coaching with someone, I want to create an atmosphere that allows that person to step into what God created them to become. Uh, so those are, those are kind of my drivers. Um, so when, when people, this is what gets me excited, you know, how can I tell if, if I teach something and somebody says, Hey, I, I took what you said and it allowed me to achieve this. Thank you. I give them a high five. <laughs> if they say, Hey, if they say, Hey, I learned something from you. And then I took it home and I taught it to my child, my spouse, uh, my friend, my coworker. And then they were able to achieve something that blew them away. That's when I do the Snoopy dance, right? Because <laughs> you tell us about that. That's, that's legacy. You know, the Snoopy dance is when your feet are in the air and they're just going nowhere. Right. I mean, you're just ecstatic. And that's what legacy is. That's when legacy is when, you, you know, you trans you teach and transfer something, and then they use it to impact somebody else. That's legacy. And that's really what we're about. So I don't know if I answered your question, but there you go. Oh, you more than answered the question. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure we could, we could just listen and talk all day about how we're all leaving legacies. As I was reflecting on your answer, yes, you did list some personal uh, goals near the end, but we're wondering how you keep yourself healthy to be able to accomplish some of those goals. I know in one of the podcast episodes that we had listened to in preparation, we had learned that you're headed to Ireland in 2020. Yes. Is that correct? It's going to be off. Well, we both love Ireland. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We, we spent um, a, about a week together in Ireland mm -hmm. two years ago and it was uh, it's it's hard to even describe. It was just one. Of, first of all, we had a lot of fun. It was just one of the most wonderful experiences we've ever had. It's it's a beautiful place. We had the opportunity to go there to speak uh, to uh, the International Listening Association, which was uh, pretty incredible. Wow! At Trinity College in Dublin, you know, nice. very historic, beautiful place. And we just learned so much history about the country and got to travel around as as well. So we're. Uh, we're thrilled for you that you you're going to get to go there and spend some time. Have you been there before? 
I have. I've been there several times. It's it's probably my favorite little city in all the world. Um, I've got I've got friends there, and once you've got a friend there, you're friends with everybody. <laughs> it's, mm. it's just incredible. Yeah, uh, that yeah. Trinity uh, Trinity is amazing. I mean, just going into the library and seeing the Book of Kells and you know and all yes. the things and the yes. and the history. Uh, so I'm I'm going there at the end of July, and I'm going to do a two day event in in Dublin. Um, it's either one or two days. I haven't settled it yet, but it's July 31st and August 1st. And then when I'm done with that, the next two weeks, I'm just, I'm getting in a car and I'm going to, to one village to the next, and I'm just going to journey around. Uh, I'm probably going to go solo actually. Good for you. Uh, so when you say caring for yourself, yeah. I mean, this is to me, this is a trip of, uh, just rejuvenation. Um, it's funny because one of my mentors uh, is Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and he talks about um, in Hebrew, there is no there is no word for vacation um, because vacation kind of symbolizes that, hey, you're here to be served, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not serving anyone. You're here to be served. And so we really don't take vacations, right, because we were created to serve. Uh, but, but sabbatical and rejuvenation and taking a break to get refueled and going deep in the word and, you know, and just kind of putting that together. That's what I want to do, uh, during that time. And I don't know, there's something about the country. I feel, I feel very like it's my home, um, when I go there. So I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to it. We, we're just looking at one another. It's like, yes, we feel the same <laughs> way. I mean, our experience there, we were just there a week, but uh, in that week, we really tried to immerse ourselves in the culture. We traveled the whole perimeter of the, of the, of the country, as well as into Northern Ireland too. And we just loved every aspect of it and felt I mean, it's, it's beautiful and the people were so friendly, and we would agree that Dublin is a place we could live. <laughs> Maybe Absolutely. I don't we want to say this about in front that. of my wife, but <laughs> I if, if I wasn't married and I yeah. didn't have four kids, I I we, think I would pack up and move to Ireland. For both of us, yeah, it would be an easy place to go. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Friendliest people in the world. <laughs> well, just reflecting on some of these these personal goals. Um, you know, one of the things that we found that your dad would often say is spend time with those you love. And one, one of these days you will either say, I wish I had, or I'm glad I did. And we'd just like to know, how did your dad do that? And how are you continuing to do that yourself? You know, uh, you've probably seen the little abbreviation, uh, D-I-N. Yes. Which stands for, for do it now. Yeah. Um, Dad was a do it now person. You know, I'll just give you an example. You know, people would, um, they would come and wait in line for two or three hours to get an autograph. Just an amazing thing. Every time he spoke and he would be there as long as he could until he had to catch the plane. So I've seen, I've, you know, I've seen him autograph for four hours or longer before, um, after he's done his talk. And so sometimes in line, you know, even though he had only had a minute with each person, he was always a hundred percent present. So he would look them in the eye, he'd ask their name, you know, tell me what you do. Why are you here? And he would just, 
make that person feel like they were the only person in the room. And, you know, that's, that's what it means to me. That's what relationship is about. When we're with those we love, let's be present with them. And then the, the do it now aspect is a lot of times they, you know, this happened a number of times. Uh, somebody would say, Oh, you know, my brother was, you know, he wished he could be here. He's your biggest fan. He wanted me to tell you hi. he would have been here, but he's in the, he's in the hospital right now battling cancer. Could you, would you mind sending him a note or signing him a book uh, for him? And dad would say, sure, but does he have a phone? And they'd be like, yeah. He says, we'll call him right now. I'll talk to him. And that was that kind of that do it now principle. Um, I think there's a proverb that says, you know, a, a blessing withheld, you know, is just, it's not good. Uh, and so anytime he felt the urge to connect, he just did it then. We absolutely love that. Good for him. We were, we were wondering, it made us think of, have you had a chance to see the new Fred Rogers movie with with Tom Hanks in it? No, but everybody says, hey, that he's just like Zig Ziglar and vice versa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we probably see so many parallels. And and there's just this one really powerful scene where, where a very similar story where uh, Fred begins this relationship with this man whose dad is not doing well and he's basically bedridden at home. And Fred shows up at, a, at, a, at his house to visit with his dad. And, and everybody in the room is just like, can't what is believe going it. on they right now? I can't believe it's yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. But he just had this way, just like your dad, of making everyone feel as if they were the most important person. That's absolutely right. One of the things we love about people like Fred and your dad and yourself, that we, as we've learned more about your life and story, is how much you value time to yourself in the morning. And in your book, you talk about uh, start every day the perfect with the perfect start. And we just like to know, and I'm sure our listeners would too. What what does a perfect start look like for you? For me, and, and I and I I encourage everybody to create their own perfect start. Um, you know, Dad, his was two to three hours a day, usually closer to three hours. Uh, mine's two to three hours a day as well. But I didn't start that way. I mean, I started with like 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. And and I like to do it before the world gets going. Uh, I have a saying. I don't know where I got it, but it's a great saying. You know, there's two kinds of people. There's the kind of people that the world happens to, and then there's the kind of people that happen to the world. And, you know, that's when we think of 2020 and the new decade. We want to happen to the decade. We want to happen to the world right? We want to go out and own it, be responsible, make the waves um, instead of letting it come to us, right? We, we want to make the choices. Um, you know, dad said that success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. And so what we want to do is we want to make the choices every day that allow us to maximize the abilities that we have to bless the relationships we've been given. So the way that I get started is I get up usually between 4.30 and 5. Uh, most of the time, the alarm clock doesn't go off. I turn it off, you know, before it goes off. I get my coffee, go into my office, and I have some quiet time, uh, read some devotional scripture, um, 
do some planning. You know, what am I going to get done? Work on my goals. Um, set aside some time for whatever my number one project is, which is about, you know, usually it's writing something or, or getting something done. And then when all that's done, if I'm, if I'm disciplined, <laughs> then I do the email, then I catch up. But the point is, is that by five, by seven or seven thirty, when everybody else is just kind of getting rolling and I've, I've, I've got the day in front of me and it's, and it's, it's going well. Uh, I also, if I have meetings or appointments or podcasts or speeches, I will do a mental model of how I want it to go, you know, cause I'll look at my calendar and I'll go, Oh, I've got this, I've got this. And the mental model is just anticipating, you know, what's it about, what kind of needs or problems do they have? You know, what kind of questions are they likely to ask? Uh, how can I serve? And I just play that out and I only spend, you know, less than a minute on each of those, but it's amazing how, preparing that little short time in advance helps whatever you're doing go better, even if it goes in a completely different direction. Uh, just that little bit of preparation. We know in your book, you talk about writing down three things that you're grateful for yep. and meditating on the good things going on in your life. And we just loved that. Yep. What a perfect way to start the day. Yeah. Yep. And I'll do that. Uh, I call that uh, my gratitude list. Um, and I don't do that every day. I'll, I'll do it for 66 days in a row and then I'll, you know, do something else, but it's 66 days in a row, right? Three things you're grateful for on the first day. The second day, read the three that you wrote and then write three different things and do that for 66 days. And it's amazing what happens because you're, you tra you're training your mind to look for the good, to look for what you're grateful for. You also have have said that far too many people are coasting through life. I think this question relates to what you've just been saying. Could you explain what that means and and how then can we change our lives so that we're not coasting? You know, I think it comes down to intentionality. You know, what is it that you want and how are you being intentional? about getting it. I was having a uh, dinner in Nashville, Tennessee with the, uh, with Dan Miller, uh, who wrote 48 days to the work you love. And he had his grandson there, Caleb Miller and Kevin Miller. You guys probably know of he's the, he's the host of the Ziegler show of our podcast. And so we're having dinner and Caleb, uh, he's, he's 24, 25. And he says, he asked me a question. He says, how do you know if you have a bad habit? Oh, that's a great question. And it seems obvious, but it's actually a really good question. Because let's just say that your goal was to get lung cancer. Well, then smoking would be a good habit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so people who are coasting a lot of times don't have clearly defined dreams, goals, and aspirations. They don't have a clear idea of who they want to become. They're not sure of what's next. They don't understand the gifts and talents they've been given. And since they don't know any of that, they anything will do, right? If you don't know where you're going, any direction will, will work. 
Um, and so that's a big reason why people coast. Another reason why people coast is they bought into the lie and the lie is the voice of the world or the voice in their head that says, <laughs> yeah, that's for everybody else, not me. I mean, look at me. I didn't and fill in the blank or I can't because fill in the blank or this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. And, and so they think that success is luck. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's where you're born. It's, 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 you know, it's things beyond your control. And really success is a lot more about, um, making good choices. You know, the subtitle of the book is transform your life one simple choice at a time. And when you make a good choice over and over again, that's what we call a habit. And so what we have to do is we have to take ownership. It's like, I, I can honestly look at anybody and say, you know what, <clears throat> nothing you can do about your past except for forgive it and learn from it, <laughs> right? Forgive what's happened to you or the things that you've done to others. You got to get on the right side of that, learn from it. But here's the, here's the good news. Regardless of what's happened to you, you can change your future. You can start making choices right now that will take you where you want to go. And every good choice raises, it's like a, it's like a metaphor. When The more good choices you make, the better options you have for more good choices. So it's a, it's a powerful thing. And once people kind of get the mindset and they change from victim or these are the reasons I can't to, Hey, wait a second. It's up to me. I can choose to do this. And they start having that mindset of why not me? Then that's when the power takes over and coasting is no longer an option. To your point about that, that many people might not even know the gifts that they have. They're not sure who they are and who they've been created to be. <clears throat> how can people who, who don't know that, how can they find it? How can they discover? Are there ways in which people can discover who they've been created to be? There's several ways. Um, and I actually talk about this in the book a little bit, but I like to, I like to, I'll say, draw three circles. Okay. <laughs> so you draw three circles and then they overlap in the middle. Okay. So you got three circles, they overlap in the middle. And one circle is you, you, you write in, you know, what problem do I solve? And so you start thinking about what are the problems that people bring me over and over again? You know, like, are they relationship problems? Are they business problems? You know, and because that's a clue, because the reason people are asking you those kind of questions and bringing you those kind of problems is because you're kind of good at that. Right. The second one is the circle of what's the biggest challenge I've overcome? What's you know, what's the biggest obstacle or mountain I've climbed? What's what's the biggest challenge I've overcome? And it could be um, something that happened to you like an illness or an accident something you had no control over but you overcame it or it could be that like most of us you made a really bad decision and you had to deal with the consequences but you've overcome it right and then the third circle is what makes your heart sing 
what's your passion? Like if you could do anything, what would it be? What is something you do that you look up and four hours have gone by and you didn't even realize it? And so where those three circles overlap, the problems that people naturally bring you, what makes you your heart sing, and what's the biggest challenge you've overcome, then that's a good place to look because passion and purpose and all those things. And I would tell people, if you're passionate about something, just remember who put that passion there. I mean, the creator of the universe put that passion there. It had to be for a reason. And so, you know, I'm kind of working on something now, and it's the phrase, are you kidding me? You know, so people will come to me, and I coach them a little bit, and they'll they'll say, well, I can't do that because of this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they'll, they'll like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? And so the discussion will go forward, and I'll say this. The very reason you think you can't is the very reason you should. So somebody will say, you know, the last three mm. businesses I tried failed. I can't do another one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You've learned so much. Mm. Right? <laughs> Just don't make the same mistakes again. Learn from it. Or, yeah, you know, I made such bad decisions when I was young. How could I ever help somebody in that position. Are you kidding me? They're going to listen to you because you've walked in their shoes. You know, it's just, it's a crazy thing. And that's, uh, you know, that's that, that whole scripture of what the evil one meant for harm. God turned to good, right? You know, we, we, what was meant to harm us, he uses to bless. And so when we get that idea of we're valuable because of, the challenges we've overcome because of the passion in our heart and because of the gifts and talents that we have. When those three get together, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty awesome combination. We'd like to take just a moment to thank our premier sponsor for the Someone to Tell It To podcast, the Wonders Found Thrift Shop in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are so grateful for their support, for their advocacy, for these messages that we share with you today and every day. So thank you. We also want to encourage you, if you are interested in helping to support these podcasts, you can do that yourself too by going to patreon.com and signing up and saying what you would like to do on a regular basis to help someone to tell it to continue these podcasts, to help them grow, and to reach more and more people around the world. We've heard about some of the most successful people and these rags to riches types of stories. Uh, one of the most recent connections we've had is with, you probably heard of John Gordon. Uh-huh. John uh, has written the best-selling novel book, uh, the, the Energy Bus. John yeah. is going to come and speak at our annual gathering this fall. And so we just made a big announcement on, on social media on Monday about him coming to speak on our behalf. It's someone to tell to. But we remember in many of the interviews with John, he talked about the Energy Bus and how he had shopped it around, I think, at 20 different publishers before it ever got picked up. 
and it finally got picked up and Ken Blanchard, who's another connection of ours had written the forward and then it just, it just blew up. But we think of so many legendary people throughout history. Um, Milton Hershey is another one. We're here in central Pennsylvania and Michael actually lives in Hershey and he knows even more about Milton Hershey's story, but another one who's had several failure after failure yeah. <laughs> yeah. and, and learn and learn from them. And then has created this tremendous uh, legacy uh, that uh, that is just so inspiring. And you know, we can think of many other people as well. And so what you're saying, we believe, actually believe very strongly in it. It's, it is pretty awesome. Yeah, we just want to believe, we, yeah, maybe it's our faith, but just that in God's kingdom, that there is no failure. You know, we should probably sanitize that word <laughs> because everything's just an opportunity to learn and to grow. And if, if we, we believe God's ultimately kind of in, in control, things will work out for good. Absolutely. We often use this quote, and I remember we used it in, I think, our first book, but it comes from Howard Thurman. You've probably heard it before, but he, he said, don't ask yourself, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. When, we just listen to so many folks on a daily basis that someone to tell to who just do not live with much purpose. And that just pains us deeply. And we, we like you, just want to be about the work of helping all of us find what is our true purpose? What is our calling? And how do we live that out? And, and we, we, we listen to a lot of people who have great tales of, of woe, of failure, of, of disappointment, of brokenness, and, and it's all real. And we ask, we, but we like to ask them not to diminish any of the stuff, the bad stuff that's happened, but ask them then, is there anything that brings you joy? And at first, most people will say, I can't think of anything. We try to give them some time. You know, I ask the question again, what brings you joy? What gives you joy? And invariably, we can see people's countenance change. They begin to smile when they think of something. Or their eyes light up or they become more animated. Because we believe that, you know, that, you know if, if there's a, a tape playing over and over and over in their minds, like, I'm, I'm a failure, nothing good happens to me or for me, I, I can't succeed, I'm not any good at anything, you know, that you repeat that long enough, you, you, you begin to believe it. And so many of them believe it. But we try to instill in them a, a, a notion that there's more to it than this, than that, than, than all those negative things. That, and ask them to try to see where they can find joy. And, and it's, it's just incredible how, to a person, they're always then able to answer a question like that. And, and we hope be, and begin to to see their lives in a different light. And, and that's just so, we believe, so vital. That's powerful. You know, what I, what I tell people is that, you know, if you ask people, do you want to be happy? Everybody says, yeah, I want to be happy. Um, and happiness is the byproduct of success. And success is usually measured by achieving something. And so if happiness is the byproduct, that means it depends on the circumstance. 
right? And so people who are very unhappy, it's because they have terrible circumstances. Some they've created, some beyond their control. But joy is the byproduct of significance, which is not bound by circumstance. And the way we define significance is this. Significance is when you help someone else be, do, or have more than they thought possible. So you could be, you know, you could be broken. You could be fighting a, an unwinnable battle with, with a disease. You could have lost your business. A relationship could have ended. Um, but if somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know what you told me? It changed my life. You can feel joy regardless of your personal circumstance because it's about significance. It's different. Um, and when you've won the ultimate battle, then that allows us to be joyful, um, in any circumstance. And, you know, dad, dad said this, he said, we know that the apostle Paul was, was not a Texan because he said, (laughs) because he, he said he could be happy in any state or joy in any state that he was in. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I love, I love that. And when we get people focused on, like we take people on a journey, we say we want to move from survival to success, from success to significance and from significance to legacy. Right. So, so legacy is the ultimate. So what is legacy? It's, it's teaching others how to teach others significance. And ultimately that's about love. As Paul says, again, in first Corinthians 13, love never ends. And we use that often in our writing and our speaking, because that, that is the ultimate legacy. It's the one thing that continues long after all of us are going to be gone. Yeah. I love the, you know, you guys know it because you you get up in front of rooms and speak and every now and then you get thrown the hot potato question you wish they hadn't asked. Um, <laughs> yes, that does happen. We hope we didn't do that to you today. No, I was speaking in Colorado and it was to a group of uh, business leaders and owners. And it just happened to be Chick-fil-A day when the, it seemed like the whole world turned out to go buy Chick-fil-A sandwiches in response to the controversy about traditional marriage. Um, and what Dan, what Dan Cathy said that his personal view was. And so I'm speaking and then I'm taking some questions and somebody said, well, what do you think about that? You know, it's like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, and so kind of what I said was, is I said, well, we know the family and we know what they're about and we've got a great deal of respect for them. And I said, but, but personally, uh, and I had a lot of conversations with dad about this and here's the reality. We're not a big fan of tolerance. We don't, we don't think tolerance is a virtue, but we are a huge fan of love. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to explain the difference. Sure. Um, please, please, please do. do. Yeah. Yeah. So tolerance is a cop out. 
there's no risk involved. If, if, if somebody's driving down the road going 70 miles an hour and it's a dead end with a cliff, tolerance would you just wave at them as they went by? Yeah, you can do what you want to do. It's not hurting me. Love actually requires risk because if you loved them, you would stand in the road, wave them down, and risk your relationship. But here's the ultimate. Do, do you want your kids to tolerate you or do you want your kids to love you? It's pretty easy. And so I tell, and so I, I shared, I said, look, guys, you know, I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care what your religious beliefs are or even your lifestyle choices or even if you don't like the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> is it, is it okay if I just love you? And it's like the tension just went right out of the room. And so one of the lies that our world tells us uh, is that in order to love someone, you have to agree with what they believe. And that's not, that's not true. I mean, I've got best friends and we line up 99%, but there are still beliefs they have that I don't agree with. It doesn't change my love for them. <laughs> you know, it's like, I love you. And that is the message so, that people and, need to be hearing more and more of because there is so much disunity and fraction and friction between communities. Yeah, and I've kind of got a, kind of my view, when we go out into the world, we need to go out with the highest standard and the deepest grace. And we lead with the grace. And so, and you can have both. Uh, the The whole story of, of um, you know, the Pharisees bringing the woman who was caught in adultery and telling Jesus, hey, uh, the law says we should stone her. What do you say? You know? And so the story is awesome, right? Because they're all holding their, their stones and he Jesus kneels down and writes something in the dirt. And then he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And of course, everybody drops their stones and leaves. So then he says, no one condemns you and neither do I. That's the deepest grace. And then he says, now go and sin no more. That's the highest standard. And the culture that we're in today, they need to see the deepest grace first, just like that example. When they know we're coming with the deepest grace, then I think they'll be a little bit more open to what the highest standard means. Yeah, we often use this phrase in our training, and I think it comes from Andy Stanley, who says something, and I'm paraphrasing, truth without relationship equals rebellion, and rules without relationship equals rejection. And um, we, we believe that strongly because there's a, a youth organization, a ministry called Young Life. You've probably heard it before. 
and they they their slogan often they use is that you have to earn the right to be heard with people and we find that there are a lot of a lot of a lot of us are are quick to share our thoughts and opinions without having a relationship and that people don't don't hear us when that happens i'm i think dad actually put that in his book um raising positive kids rules without relationship leads to rebellion uh yeah he got it from josh mcdowell i think that's or at least josh mcdowell's getting credit for it <laughs> but i've heard All that the, right, the greatest writers do that well, we, we we found sometimes when we're quoting people we'll we'll you know, want to make sure who the source was or is and we find sometimes there are we, we we hear we read contradictory things well this person said it this or that person said it so sometimes it's hard to well, know. whoever said it they're getting credit that's yeah. right they're getting credit and what's funny these days is uh you know, dad gets credit for a lot of things he didn't say because people, you know, <laughs> Zig Ziglar probably said that one. <laughs> so we're correct. Hopefully only good things. Yeah, they're good. They're good ones and we have to correct them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we just wanted to end today maybe with one more question. And we would like just to talk about, you've often said that uh, the secret to winning at life is making one good choice at a time. And we know that you've talked a little bit about that today. Maybe you could remind our listeners today, how, how, how do they do that? Because we've heard from other authors like Richard Foster wrote a famous book, sold millions of copies called celebration of discipline that anything you do for 40 days and it becomes a habit. And for, for those listeners who maybe feel stuck, and are having a hard time making those good choices. What 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 are some suggestions that they could they could take home today? Yeah, so I've been studying this uh, intensely for quite some time now, and especially the last two or three months. Um, you know, I think the one thing by Gary Keller said that a habit takes sixty six days. There's studies that say it takes twenty one days. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Carolyn Leaf says it takes 63 days. Uh, but really the definition of a habit to me means that it's, you've done it so many times that you go to bed and you, and you can't fall asleep and you're like, what's wrong? And you realize you forgot to do your thing. And if you've ever t met somebody who does like, they'll say, yeah, I do, I do 50 pushups every day. Right. And they, and I've been doing it for a year. If you talk to them and you ask them, Hey, did you ever forget to do your pushups one day? They'll literally tell you that they got in bed, they were trying to sleep, but they couldn't. And then they realize, Oh yeah, I didn't do my pushups. They get out of bed and they do them right there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, a, mm -hmm. so a habit is wired into our brain to the extent that if we don't do it, we feel off. Right. And so Dr. Carolyn Leaf talks about it takes uh, 21 days of intentional thinking to put that thought in there and then two more cycles of 21 days to turn it into a habit. 
and there's brain research that goes into it. So that's 63 day, 66 day thing. Now, I believe that if it's a bad habit, it takes uh, 6.3 seconds to make it. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's just it's just the the way it is. And so one of the things that's very interesting is is the the way we're wired. And and so I'm 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 kind of so one of my habits, I'll just share with I'll share with you Zig Ziglar's biggest secret to success uh, that I believe and something that I'm trying to do. I was speaking somewhere and somebody said, just one thing. What's the one thing he did that that changed him? And I said, well, it's real easy. Uh, there's a hundred things. But the one thing was every day for a couple of hours, he would study, read, listen to, meditate on new information, internalize it, simplify it so that he could share it for somebody else's benefit. Mm-hmm. So think about that. His intention was to benefit someone else. And so if you wanted a habit that would transform you and benefit the world, what if you just spent five minutes a day learning something new, internalizing it and simplifying it, and then intentionally sharing it with somebody else for their benefit? You did that. You did that every day in a year. It's Mm. like a whole new world. Okay. So, you're going to get the benefit of that. So yesterday I'm listening to an, uh, a recording by Dr. Leaf. And she said that you can eat the most healthy, nutritious meal in the world. It can be a kale salad, organically grown vegetables, you know, the, the finest organic nuts and, and protein. Mm-hmm just power packed nutrition and if your mindset is wrong you will only absorb 20 percent of the nutrition because our fear our thoughts our anxiety our worries our you know all of those things actually chemically change our system and inhibit the way we digest and process what comes into us so i want you to think about that what we what we're thinking destroys our capacity to absorb nutrition and this is such a metaphor for everything because the reality is if we're going to have great health we have to have the right mindset about the food and then we have to eat the right food Hmm. see that so the habit is the same way we have to have the right belief and mindset about whatever habit it is. And then we have to actually implement the habit and we've got to do it for the 63 days, whichever, whichever number you like. And so it's not just do the action. I mean, how many times have you met somebody who said, yeah, I need to lose 30 pounds and my blood works bad. So I'm going to run a marathon. And when I get in shape for the marathon, you know, that's going to take care of the other things. So they do, they train for the marathon. Nine months later, they run the marathon, they lose the 30 pounds. And then right after the marathon, they go back to eating the way they were. (laughs) Right. 
and the weight because goes, the weight goes back on, right? Ex exactly, and it's because they didn't have a mind a mind or belief change, and and so the habit has to be formed in our mental approach to it and in the action of doing it. And so, you know, you've probably heard the term fixed mindset or growth mindset, uh, performance mindset versus growth mindset. So performance is I just, I do things and then I got to find the next thing to do. A growth mindset is, you know, I, I got to be a little better tomorrow than I am today. And it's dad said this, he said, uh, achieving the goal is not the most important thing. What you, the person you become in the process of achieving your goal, that's what's important, right? You got to be before you can do, and you got to do before you can have. So we become the right kind of person. So we have to have the right mindset. And so as believers, uh, there's three things that we've got to do. We've got to input the right information into our mind right what we listen to who we associate with what we because all the stuff that comes in i have a quote that says what you feed your mind determines your appetite right whatever we think on whatever we put into our mind that's who we're going to become so the first thing we got to do is put in the right stuff the second thing is is we've got to guard our mind against the wrong stuff so the only way we can do that is if we're constantly inputting the truth because when the lie comes in, we've got to compare it against something. And then the third thing is we've got to train our mind. And that's where we really go. And this is where most people don't go. They don't go to this next step is our mind controls our brain. Our mind is our decision it, it tells us, we, with our mind, we can tell us what we are going to believe, right? Mm -hmm. And so once we start training our mind, then that transformation happens. Then the habit forms. Then it becomes part of our life. And it's who we are because we want a life that automatically produces the fruit that God intended for us to have. We don't want to have to consciously all the time think about it. We want to be in automatic, you know, you know, automatic mode. And so that means that we've got to consciously in our mind train ourselves to put the right stuff in, guard against the wrong stuff, and tell us tell ourselves what we're gonna do. Automatic. And as we're listening, just thinking that that might be a painful process in the beginning, as any habit is. I mean, we, if you get back into the gym initially, it's going to be a big shock to your system, but over time we're thinking of the apostle Paul in Romans 12, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that's kind of what you're addressing here is, is changing our mindset, which happens incrementally over it's time. Every day. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a choice. And here's the good news. It's a choice. <clears throat> It's a yeah. choice. And it gets better and it easier. Does. That's right. That's right. Well, Tom Ziegler, we are so uh, privileged to have you join with us today. And your, your wisdom about choice, about attitude, about legacy, about grace, about love, we think uh, the world needs to hear. 
constantly. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate it so much. So thank you for mm -hmm. being with us. Thank you for sharing all of this wisdom, the wisdom that you have, the wisdom that your father had and that he passed on to you and his own legacy as well as yours. We're very grateful for it. We just wish you well. Thank you so Especially much. Especially in Ireland yes. uh, later this year. Yes. <laughs> that that is a healing place for you, a place of inspiration and a, a place of goodness uh, in, in more ways than you can count. Well, do this. I'm going to be there uh, July 28th through August 15th. So I'm probably going to take some hikes. I want to see the rugged country as well as the, yeah. you know. Mm. So if you're just out walking around one day and you're in Ireland during that time, let me know. <laughs> we, will. we absolutely will. <laughs> we'll be there in spirit, if thank, nothing else. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Thank Tom. you so much. It was wonderful. We really enjoyed this episode today with Tom Ziegler. We, we found him to be delightful, just easy to talk with, articulate, and filled with such wisdom, wisdom that he learned from his dad and wisdom that he's gained too over the years about what it means to make good choices, to have an attitude that is, that is positive and, and full of hope, to live with grace, to be a person uh, who is really all about love, the love that all of us need, that all of us seek, so we hope that you will remember these things as we will. You'll, they, you will take them into your minds, into your hearts, and, um, and, f and just reflect on them and how what he says and the wisdom that he shares might be able to continually inspire you in your life and in your relationships and in the ways you see the world. So thank you again uh, for being with us today. If you would like to support us, Patriot.com is a great way to do that. And um, if you want to learn more about Someone to Tell It To, our website is someonetotellitto.org. We hope you'll visit us. We hope that you will continue to listen because together we hope that we can change the world. And so, until we listen again. <laughs>